Welcome to Therapy Thoughts. Therapy Thoughts, baby. Where we are thoughts of therapy. Where we talk about therapy and we become thoughts. <laughs> we've already we, sorry. The- <laughs> yeah, we've already become thoughts and we experience our thoughtness <laughs> by way of waveform. And therapy. And therapy. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why I said that. I loved all of it. Oh my God. What a great way to start it. Jesus Christ. Oh, Abby. Uh, so how have you been, love? I've I, been good. That's great. Uh, you just went to New York, right? Yeah. How was that? It was good. Um, concrete jungle. Concrete freaking jungle, dude. <laughs> Literally. It's giving concrete jungle. Straight up. Just, it's skyscrapers. So many skyscrapers. Um. Yeah, I flew in on Thursday night. Like, I left Thursday night from L.A. Mm -hmm. Got in Friday morning, so it was a red eye. Mm -hmm. Disgusting. Of course. Felt horrible. Um, (laughs) There was a family of five in front of me. That's terrible. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I popped in my noise-canceling headphones Mm -hmm. and was good, and I slept a little bit. And then I got in. I took, like, the train but um wow yeah <laughs> a no. train no it was good <laughs> i was proud of myself okay <laughs> i found it um i took the train into manhattan and before i even reached my friend's apartment mm-hmm. i had one woman roll her eyes at me why for asking directions of course even though she literally her job was to tell me where to go new york baby cuz she worked at the airport <laughs> <laughs> but she like I was like is this the way to the New Jersey transit and she was like oh my god ugh like her eyes said that yeah like this bitch is stupid <laughs> like how dare you not know yeah um I so I had one woman roll her eyes at me Classic. had one train conductor yell at me in my ear why again for asking directions <laughs> we love New York <laughs> And then I had a woman working at the subway yell at me. What a... (laughs) I'm so... I'm both impressed and concerned. I know. Like... This is all before 9 (laughs) a.m. Awesome. Yeah. I love this for you. So great. (laughs) Because I I didn't go through the turnstile in the subway. Okay. I thought it just opened automatically when you like scan your ticket. Mm -hmm. But you have to walk through it and... So I kept like scanning it and then it would be like ticket invalid because I already did it the first time. Yeah. So I went up to the woman and she was like, just go. Yeah. And I was like this one. And she was like, go (laughs) like so mad at me. And I was like, Jesus Christ. But it made me kind of happy. Why? To be yelled at. What? I don't know if it was like. (laughs) We have. (laughs) We could dissect (laughs) that sentence alone. But, okay, how was the actual <laughs> trip itself, not the transportation? Um, the actual trip was was really fun. I was visiting college friends, um, okay. and I hadn't seen most of them since our last reunion, which was April 2022, Okay, so a while ago. Okay. And um, it was like three of my close girlfriends and three of my close guy friends. That's cute. It's like a squad. A little yeah. squad. Yeah. Where'd you stay? I stayed with my friend in Manhattan. And, okay. And also. And her boyfriend. Cute. 
he also went to our school too, but he was like not in the friend group, but okay. adjacent. Mm-hmm. So it was really nice to catch up with him too. That's fun. That's yeah. very, very fun. Do they all live out there? They all live on the East Coast. Got it. But two out, two out of the six live in Manhattan. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Very fun. It was what'd, chill. What'd you do? Anything we, interesting? We uh, got bagels. Of course. And got pizza. Classic. It was really good. I honestly love Chicago. Deep dish? Yeah. I oh, love I'm surprised. Dish. Why? I just didn't think you loved like foodie stuff. Like I don't. Like thick food, like rich. Kind of uh, like creamy. Like I love creamy. Thick. I love thick. Um <laughs> I love smooth. I I I like a lot of food. But I guess oh. like the main thing is like I guess since I've had New York style pe- like quote unquote New York style pizza all my life, I just really enjoy the the novelty of Chicago, right? What is New York style though? Like thin crust? Yeah, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Everyone yeah, that's is what gonna, I had. Everyone's gonna rip me apart for <laughs> <laughs> everyone. All, all twenty five listeners. Exactly. Uh <laughs> definitely getting some some hate mail. <laughs> How dare you not know the difference? I'm sorry. I'm Californian. I just send, don't care. Send your hate mail to therapythought at gmail.com <laughs> and send it to Antonio. And just directly at me. Yeah. That'd be pretty funny. Okay. So you had pizza. You got bagels. It sounds like you just ate food. What else? I know, dude. I need to hit the gym like right now <laughs> after that. But it's okay. It's worth it. Um, We actually walked a lot. Yeah. Like, I walked like seven miles one day, like five miles the other. Um, No car, baby. Yeah. And we went to this like really cool sake bar Saturday night after mm. we had like this really good Thai food and just like caught up. We did a little like hot seat with everyone. Okay. Can you explain that a little bit? I don't know why. Maybe we're like toxic, but like we just did a 60, 60 second hot seat game at the sake bar. I don't think that's toxic. Why? Like why? Why would you say it's toxic? Just because we want to like ask probing questions. I mean. But it wasn't actually toxic questions. It was like, what's your dream? <laughs> like what? <laughs> we were so nerdy about it. We're like, where would you rather live than like the place you're living? Mm. And it's like, or like, what do you love most about your partner? <laughs> I love how you're like, oh yeah, it's so toxic to ask questions from a game. We're not really strangers. <laughs> I know. We're like really close. <laughs> I know. That's the best part. <laughs> but also we played this game. Um, I don't know if you've ever played it in a group, but it's like most likely to. Um, I, I think I've played it. Can you explain? It's like, so you stand in a circle, everyone's listening and then you go around and you say like a most likely to like who is in the room most likely to move back to their hometown Mm. and become a librarian or whatever. (laughs) Like (laughs) it can be pretty specific pretty specific pretty pacific pretty pacific (laughs) (laughs) i've got like the pacific on my brain i'm tired um yeah and so but it can become toxic where it's like one time we played it in our friend group senior year and one person was like who is most likely to get divorced got it or like who's most likely to like do anal yeah and people are like i love how you think that's toxic (laughs) it's not but everyone chose me that's why i was like okay 
got it. I got all the sexual ones. I mean, Abby, they just knew before you did. Well, I was always like this. <laughs> what do you mean they knew? Uh, your bisexuality, your sexual curiosity. Oh, oh right, right. It was yeah. never about that, though. Uh, wait, you okay? It was always about like, how like who's? Well, I guess, yeah, like who's most likely to have a threesome? I mean, that, yeah. Were they right? Yeah, they were right. Exactly. So, <laughs> again, but, they knew. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Again, anyway. we fear to become the thing that we've always worried about anyway anyway so any any interesting conversations you said that you had a good conversation with your friend or at least an interesting yeah. one right no it was really good um it was just like me and her for the first day mm-hmm. and i kind of went into my whole th- like recent past Okay. Um, to catch her up because we hadn't like caught up fully mm-hmm. and told her about everything like me wanting to date girls and she was like pretty surprised about it. She was like, I think this is reactionary to your pain and your hurt, which I was like, true. Yeah. But it's also still valid. I think we talked about that yeah. in a different episode about how that's like a genuine concern of yours, right? Yeah. yeah. I was like, you and my therapist <laughs> have the same thought. Um, she also was like, Abby, I think you're straight, but like, okay. Okay. And I was like, mm, I don't know, but oh. like, okay. Because <laughs> she was just like, you were always so cra- like boy crazy in college. Um, mm-hmm. Which I was like, that's true. I mean, you can just be but. like, for example, I'm pretty girl crazy, but I'm bi. Yeah. Just because you're into one gender more or like show more often that you're into one gender doesn't mean that you're not bi. Right. Yeah. It's so interesting that she would say that you're straight because of your past. Right. Like that, she has solidified who you are in her brain based off of college. And mm-hmm. that the past, like what, four years, you haven't changed at all in LA. Right? Cause, yeah. Yeah. And then she kind of walked it back pretty quickly. She was like, I don't care who you date. Like, I don't care at all what mm-hmm. gender doesn't matter to me as long as you're happy. But I think that you'd be more happy in a monogamous relationship. Funny. Yeah. Very funny. Why'd she say that? She was just like, I've seen you in a relationship. Like you were really like happy. And I really think that you want to be someone's Someone. main person. Yeah. Like yeah. you want to be loved by someone and have them only love you. Mm-hmm. And she's coming from perspective of she's been in a six year relationship. Yeah. 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 That's what she only knows. monogamous. Yeah. yeah. That's what she knows. And she's happy. And mm-hmm. uh, congrats to her. Very yeah. Happy for her. <laughs> And like, I really appreciated our conversation. It was yeah. really great. And I felt like really close to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love her. And I also love her for just being able to come out and say those things to me, like to my face. Very direct. Like, I we really, really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And I really need that in a friend. True, dude. We've also yeah. discussed that. We want direct we people want direct in our lives. And I want to be able to push back and yes. have it not be like we're arguing. We're having a conversation and yes. a discussion. Real conversation. Real, Real conversation. Discussion. Yeah. And that's what we were having. Good. So I was kind of like, I see that. Thank you. Like, I agree. Mm-hmm. But I've had, like, even though I've been happy 
in relationships i've also had a lot of like difficulty and strife Mm -hmm. and trauma and i'm trying something different heard so like yeah I think that's kind of the best way to go about it. Like yeah. if something's not working, you have to try something different. Mm-hmm. Some people view different or the way to go about it can be in different ways, but this is your way of going like change this idea. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, did you end up coming to a conclusion between the two of you or was it just like, meh, you think one thing, I think the other. It was just kind of like, you know, agree or disagree. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because it's still pretty recent, how like this last year, right? Um, of your like being able to like open up your views of dating, like, and after this conversation, like, how do you think it's been changing, and how do you feel about all this change? I feel good about it. Okay, that's great. Important. I feel like really different mm-hmm. um, than who I was before. We love growth. Yeah, <laughs> and I feel like the people who. Like most of the people in my life have embraced the change in me Mm -hmm. and have like loved it for me and been like really supportive. Good. So that's really nice. That Um, is really nice. And like interested and intrigued, but also like, yeah, like, oh, cool. Like that's not for me, but Mm -hmm. like cool for you. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, Yeah. I love that you have that support. And the people that aren't supportive or haven't really like latched on to the thought that aspect or like you know checked in are like just not gonna be in my life as much yeah yeah yeah. we want to respect ourselves and if these people are kind of tearing down a core aspect of yourself at least that you identify as right now we need to protect ourselves Mm -hmm. maybe not like cut them out completely or just the relationship whatever it may be um depending on like the severity of course but definitely adjusting a relationship yeah and i'm not talking about my friend mm-hmm. she was like very supportive yeah no, 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 I, I hear yeah. that i hear that she sounds very supportive um actually i kind of want to touch on what she said is like you want to be some like she thinks that you want to be someone's special someone right mm-hmm. uh i was actually thinking about it the other day about me being Polly and how like I can get really interested in one person, like really, really invested in one person too, like really excited and want to be that person's person. And like, I don't know. I feel like I can be in a quote unquote monogamous relationship technically, but still be poly, um, which sounds a little weird, but like being poly is more of just like a way that you live and kind of act Um, but it doesn't mean that you always have to be practicing it all the time. For example, you can be in a relationship with just one person and still be poly and not looking for anything else. Um, or you can be non-monogamous and just be dating one person, but not looking for anyone else. Does that make sense? Yeah. Kind of like how you can be bisexual and dating only women one yeah only, only women or only men yeah but still be attracted to the other yeah gender. exactly like that it doesn't mean or you can even like you can be married to one of the genders mm-hmm. but you it still doesn't mean you're not bisexual yeah 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 exactly yeah um and i think that that's like something that i've that i need to kind of accept for myself Um, I think that me being poly and like so comfortable being like more comfortable now and like accepting it means that I have to kind of adjust what my expectations of finding partners are 
um, and how much energy I put into it. But I think that going back to you, how she can, that there's like a, a disconnect, right? That you're, that she assumes that if you're non-monogamous, that you're always just searching for someone that you're not someone special, someone, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and which isn't true. Like for example, you're the guy that you're dating. He has a primary partner, right? Yeah. But also you're dating him and he's dating you. And I don't know what his other situations are or his partner, but you know, you can be someone special, someone and also have another partner or be seeing yeah. other people. Yeah, that's what I said to my friend too. It was like, mm-hmm. you can still be fulfilled in a non-monogamous, non-monogamous relationship. Like, you can still feel like your needs are being met, of course. Yeah. Um, And I was like, just the prospect of being with one person for the rest of my life is really scary to me. It's scary. And like, not, maybe not, not scary, just not appealing. It could be scary and not appealing. Like, huh. yeah, I could be with someone for a long time, but the, I think having the door open. So the commitment. In the back of my mind. The commitment of just one person is what's kind of scary maybe. No, it's not the commitment. It's the sex sexualness. Like if I have to be with the same person sexually. Mm. Like if I get into a relationship, let's say next year and I'm like 27 and that's the end game relationship for me. Got it. Then I live till like 80, whatever. There's so many people to have sex with. Exactly. Got it. Got it. So just thinking like I, if I can't have sex with anyone else for the rest of my life, people do that. Yeah. It's crazy. It really is. Some people. It's not crazy, but it's like, it's not. It's, it's. A way of life that we don't think we can handle that we definitely can't handle because we've experienced so much more on the other side. It's just different. It's very different. Uh, but I, it is wild to me to think that some people marry like their high school sweetheart. Like they've only had sex yeah. with one person and that's like the person they'll sleep with forever. Yeah. No, no judgment at all, at all for me, uh, from me, but no. it's just like power to, you, you know, it, it's just amazing to me. I think it also kind of goes back to one of our other episodes where we talked about human desire. Yeah. You know, and how I think because we're human, we expect us to be better than our primal urges. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of push like the sexual aspects and sexual desires aside. And so when and for example, like Catholicism or just religion in general and monogamy, they all kind of say, ignore these primal urges. You have to be better. You have to ignore this part of yourself. That's like either the devil or this is wrong or the status quo is saying that you shouldn't do this. Um, But in actuality, it's a part of us for a reason. Like it's not a test. I don't view it as a test. Let me put it that way. I don't believe I don't believe it to be a test because if it wasn't if it was a part of us and everyone feels it, then obviously it's there for a reason. It's gotten us this far. It's been a part of us and the reason why we are humans and have been so successful as a race to a degree is because of these like urges, right? Yeah. 
And if we didn't have these urges, we wouldn't be the way that we are. If no one had sexual desire, we would just stop procreating. Right. That'd be it. Mm-hmm. So it's like appropriate and healthy and needed for us to have these desires and urges. So I think it's like very, very appropriate to be non-monogamous and poly. Like that's like how I kind of view it. Um, and having only one person for the rest of your life kind of, for me, defeats that purpose. And yeah. it's like, like a little scary. And it's just like, okay, I have to push a, like this part of me down. And for some people, that's like the commitment part, right? Like that, like I commit myself to this one person, therefore I have to make sacrifices, mm-hmm. which is fair. Totally respect it. I get it. That's just not for me. I think like my primal urges are too strong and I need them to yeah. be <laughs> a little more free. Or it's like I could be committed to one person and married or whatever. And then, but I am allowed to make out with people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Really? That's fun. It is fun, dude. Mm-hmm. Making out is very fun. Uh, we also talked about that. Uh, yeah. But, sorry, I got distracted. I was thinking about making out. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, oh, so relationships are great because you can define, you get the choice to define your own relationship and, like, what those boundaries are. And some mm. people just kind of fall in line of, like, what a status quo monogamous relationship should be. When in actuality, we have so many more choices, so many more options and boundaries that we can make. Yeah. I was, I was talking to my therapist this morning about that, the whole like non-monogamy thing mm-hmm. and was like saying how the guy I'm dating had asked me to meet his girlfriend Yeah, and how I was wanting to do that and excited about it. Mm-hmm. And I thought it meant like... Cause it was, it also had come right after I was a little bit more vulnerable with him and like expressing how you like some him, deeper right? feelings. Yeah. Oh. And I was like, Oh, that means it's a good thing. Like he wants me more in his life. He wants to like sh- integrate me more into the other aspect of his life. Mm-hmm. But then my therapist was like, yeah, maybe. But also to me, it sounds like you had just expressed like deeper feelings and then he responded in kind of reminding you un- maybe subconsciously that he has a girlfriend too. Like to like reiterate that he is not fully available. Didn't he also say that he had feelings for you too? Yeah. That's so interesting. Okay. He said he agreed. Like he, he like he reciprocates. reciprocated. Yeah. Interesting. Um, wow. A lot of things there. <laughs> Um, so this guy, he's very clearly reciprocating. And for me, like we've talked about this a ton, how I always want to bring partners together. Like I'm having a going away party and there are people that I'm really interested in and they're poly as well. And I want to meet their partners. Like I, I want to meet people's other people because the, um, for example, with friends, like let's just take friends for example, those people are going to be major influences and a huge part of their life and therefore show a side of this person and you get to understand them more. You get to see a different side of them. Uh, it's like a more true side because they're going to have like more relaxed feelings around this group. Um, and so I think it's actually really awesome. The fact that he wants to share this side of his life with you. Like, I think it's really awesome. 
And I'm bringing him to your party. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, he was excited. He's looking forward to it. So it's kind of like reciprocal in my mind. Yeah. Like if he comes to this thing, he meets you, he meets people that I know. Mm-hmm. And like. He meets a part of. He, he meets gets, a part of my life. Exactly. Then I'll meet his girlfriend and I'll feel good about it. I think that's a great process. Um, what was your response to your therapist saying that? Kind of like negative. Like I, it made me feel worse about it. Yeah. Almost like invalidated, right? Maybe. Yeah. Just like, cause I was excited about it. So then hearing that made me second guess it. Mm-hmm. Do you think she was just playing devil's advocate or do you think that that's how she really feels about his uh, motivations. I don't know. I mean, I think that she's just like, she doesn't maybe understand as much or like, isn't as much on board with non-monogamy with it. Yeah. She thinks that I would be happier in a monogamous relationship. Interesting. Probably. Yeah. Like, cause she wants me to be happy and fully and fulfilled. Of course. And in my past relationships, I have struggled with picking guys that made me feel that way yeah they they didn't like i would feel anxious because they wouldn't give me what i needed and like fully pay attention to me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or pay too much attention to me and make and then just like make just me mismatches. insane yeah, yeah. <laughs> mismatches mismatches so she wants me to be with someone that like is giving their full attention yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. I hear that. And I think that what's, what's really interesting is that these are good intentions, right? These are good intentions from your therapist and also from your friend from New York. Uh, it's, it's really hard because that when someone has like really strong, good intentions and it really can grab against your values there's like there can be a point when you either move forward or have to adjust the like that discussion or dynamic saying hey i understand that this is how you feel and i really appreciate your thoughts however this is how i feel and i think that this is really appropriate and making me happy and how can we like merge these together and it's really interesting to me how so many people just like aren't listening to what you have to say. <laughs> That's what it feels mm. like to me, right? That mm-hmm. they're not hearing what you are excited about, what's making you feel good, and that they think that they know what's best for you. Mm-hmm. Even though that you've been really like every time you've talked about this person that you're seeing, you're so stoked. I always hear good things. Of course, like this person coming to my party will be a huge sign if he comes and if he comes first, that's awesome. Like major green flag. Uh, The way he interacts is like a major, like I would hope would be awesome. Again, I have a strong feeling that if you're excited that, he's also going to be a good person. I'm hoping. And you know, I will 
tell you the honest truth. Please. I'm going to freaking grind it. No, not actually. No. Uh, I'm going to just be like my normal self and ask very deep questions. And then afterwards, tell me what you think. Yeah. Like, yeah. like you two are standing together. I'm going to like grill him and then immediately tell you, Abby, he's terrible. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Just right in front that's of That's what him. I want. It's yeah. direct. That's being direct. Yeah. <laughs> that. That's the directness that we need. <laughs> um. no. 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 But I will like, I'm interested. But anyway, anyway, <laughs> like jokes all aside, um, it's. It really saddens me the fact that these people that you value their opinion are, you know, your friend from New York is obviously like wants you to be happy. And the way that she goes about it is by saying like, whoever you date, I want you to be happy with it. But also has like, I don't know if it's a judgment or like a preference uh, about how to do that. So how do you feel about that? Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, everyone has the best intentions for me. I think it's just like a new, it's not new, but non-monogamy and like polyamory is like becoming more mainstream. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed like I've been talking to friends in multiple different cities and they're all like, yeah, everyone's doing this. Like most people that I meet, they're also open or like they're in poly relationships. Yeah. And it's becoming like way more of a thing. Yeah. But not everyone realizes that mm-hmm. or has like experiences with it. So they don't really know. Um, yeah. And they just like don't understand that you can have fulfilling relationships. Yeah. Again, a lot of it is their experience and projection, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not that they are saying that you have to live the life that they're living because that's what makes them happy. Or that that's what they've experienced other people that makes them happy or seen or what's correct, right? Whatever it is. However, I think like the important part is that you're really listening and being honest with yourself about how you want to move forward. And sometimes that's different, right? It it means that sometimes you're going to rub people the wrong way, but I'm really happy that you're moving forward with these discussions and that you're moving forward with your choices. Mm-hmm. And they seem to always like have recently been really good choices. Um, oh. I think so. Thanks. Yeah. I've heard a lot of the stories that you've been telling me and I've always been pretty on board. Um, maybe we're both just mentally ill. I don't know. But I mean, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we've known this. We've known this, but I'm really happy that you're able to be more comfortable but please don't let these other people influence you because they have good intentions. Yeah. You know, there's like the saying of good intentions pave the road to hell, right? Every, like, mm. if you ask every villain, they're always the good guy. Right. You know, look at the Joker, for example. Yeah. I think we talked about this too in another episode. Yeah. Like the, how you live long enough to see your self become the self villain. Become the villain yeah. Or you Die become the hero. The, Die the hero, yeah. Something along those lines. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but every villain sees himself as a hero in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, even if they say they're a villain, like, for I forget which villain is like, I'm purely doing chaos for chaos. Even in that sense, there is like some hero, like hero mindset in there. Like they're doing something good 
because it's like disruptive disruptive like there's always a i'm doing i have good intentions right so it's really hard because there is no definitive right way no definitive good way and so when we have subtle things like this i'm just really hoping that you're listening to what you think is right i am i take it all with a grain of salt and i'm like still like i'm happy if i was like doing all this and like miserable i'd be like okay maybe people have a point yeah but i'm not so yeah and that's a good point like taking everything with a grain of salt yeah taking everything with a grain of salt is like really really smart um and i think kind of the best way to go about it you know valuing other people's opinion but not making them your own Mm -hmm. and for example the people that haven't really experienced poly or non-monogamy you know might be actually more mainstream and we're just like oh this is just happening in la like in our friend group maybe because like it kind of feeds into itself the more that we talk about it the more we think it's like happening everywhere kind of deal right yeah so it's it's really really hard to say what i mean what's right first of all and like what is like acceptable for a lot of people Mm -hmm. i just i don't know i feel like there's less possessiveness too yeah like in my past relationships that were monogamous i just felt like toxic possessiveness um and depend codependence mm-hmm. um and like we want to talk about like the scarcity mindset yeah of like you're so you're only with one person and you only have so much time so you have to spend all your time together yeah you either use it or lose it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh it's actually really really interesting because i was talking to my, one of my brothers and how I'm Polly and how I also have to deal with like missing people and have to deal with and how that can be related to monogamy. For example, like if with being Polly, it's scary all the time because your partner can be seeing other people and they always have the option of just staying with that person. That is a real, a reality and it's very scary. Um, And there is no possession because it's just like, this is my person, but also this person has freedom to be happy in other ways. And it's also like, they're my person, but they are also their own person. Yeah. Like they have their own life. Yeah. 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 Um, That independence. Yeah. Like, I think it really plays into, for for me, what I view uh, a healthy relationship to be is to individuals independent people coming together to make something greater than the sum of their parts Mm. you know and it's and it's i think like having people go away for example like say your partner is away for a long time and you're doing long term or long distance it's scary because that person can also again meet someone else and i think that once we kind of shift the views of different circumstances for like for example say in a monogamous relationship someone finds someone else and they're interested or they have sex with someone else and they're cheating this can just be the same thing that happens in a poly relationship maybe just a little bit more openly like hey i'm having sex with this person hey 
or not talk about it and they're still cheating. You know, all these relationships are just the same thing, maybe just with a little different communication and different circumstances. And once we like frame it a little differently, monogamy isn't too far away from non-monogamy. And the scarcity mindset is what really blocks us from being so open to love and to having other people love other people. Yeah. Cause like if you're long distance with someone and they sleep with someone else mm-hmm. and you're in an open relation or if you're in a monogamous relationship, then that's cheating and that could result in the end of your relationship mm-hmm. versus if you're in a open, open relationship and it's, like communicated and it's fine then Mm. your relationship is still intact yeah it's a lot of trust yeah i think i I think you already said this but a lot of non-monogamy is trust and i think a lot of people can get jealous and or scared because of again the use it or lose it mentality like if someone's spending their love quote-unquote spending their love on someone else then they don't have that love to give you yeah right when in actuality it can just be different ways of loving for example if like for example your needs are met with this person that you're dating or at least like some of the needs that like you're expecting then there shouldn't be anything wrong with how you two are going about it like if you feel happy with it if he's treating you right if their communication is clear like him and his partner and your communication is clear with him as well and him with you, then there's real, there shouldn't be anything wrong with how you spend your love with each other. Right. Yeah. My therapist was saying how like I might be more comfortable in this scenario right now because it's like a built in form of rejection already okay can you explain (laughs) a little bit more please because of my past relationships how like Mm -hmm. i felt abandoned um by them okay so in her like she was saying like i might have this fear that it's gonna happen again if I enter into a new relationship, a monogamous relationship, yeah, a monogamous relationship or that they'll reject me in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like building in making a self-fulfilling I'm prophecy. Make, yeah. Or just like making that already happen in, in a way, like, cause it's a little rejection cause I know that he's with someone else and that you won't be for that quote unquote that, special person. Yeah. That I won't be, his primary partner. His primary. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I mean, it's a point. <laughs> it's a ther- it's a very therapist thing to say. Can you We'll we'll um, touch on that part, but like, yeah, continue on how you feel about what she said. <laughs> I feel like how I feel. It's very like therapisty too to say. Yeah. I, I want to hear it. <laughs> um stop deflecting. I know. <laughs> Uh, it's like, I mean, I think she's right. Mm, okay. Um, okay. That doesn't make it a bad thing or like unhealthy. It's just a form of protecting myself maybe. Yeah, I can see that. Cause I don't have to go like all in. Mm-hmm. I hear it. 
No, 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 I hear it. I really, really do hear it. Yeah. Dang. That's a very interesting and, like, could be very apt way to put it. Mm-hmm. I think that it, it can show because you have said that you want to be someone's special person. And it feels great. It feels mm-hmm. great to be, like, loved on and to love someone, like, holy. Yeah. Um, not saying that that still can't happen. Uh, either with this person or with someone else. However, is it, dude, that's like, that's a freaking loaded statement. I know. That's a loaded statement. I like, I'm going to need some time to just process that (sighs) myself. Wow. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Like, I do want to be in a relationship with someone that, like, part part of me wants that. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I was doing in my last relationships. I would have hoped that they would have stayed normal (laughs) and didn't go crazy. Yes. Like, I know how people say that if all of your exes are crazy, that means you're crazy or you're the common denominator. Yeah. But in my case, they really were. And like, I'm not, I swear I'm not, (laughs) I am the common denominator, but I didn't do anything. I hear that. That's actually like (laughs) to touch on a conversation that that Kave and I had was just because like we're like me and Kave have been anxiously attached, like have an anxious attachment style. Um, Felt. Yeah, yeah, in general. Like we've worked really hard to overcome a lot of it and we've come really far. Um, but early on when we were still like working through it, we have noticed that we were just attracted, like getting into things with people that were avoidantly attached. Yeah, same. You know, that were kind of hooking us a little bit uh that we got kind of addicted to whatever love bombed yeah love bombed a little bit whatever it may be um and then we constantly ask like why is it that we're into these women is it just these people and then i thought about a little bit more it's like well it's a two-way street right like we are kave and i are attracted to a lot of people a lot of people there are so many hot people in la like Attracted to a lot of different types of people too. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's just like these people are also attracted to you. And so like this type of person can be attracted to you, but you can also be attracted to a lot of other people. It's a Venn diagram, right? Like you can have like, if you have one side is a group of all the people that you're attracted to. Then the other side is a group of all the people that your partner is attracted to. There's going to be an overlap and that's you two. Right. And sometimes all these people that you date are just that same bubble or at least some version of that same bubble that overlaps into yours. It's then like a choice and a recognition of like, okay, this is a pattern. Maybe we like cut out that sliver. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't mean that that's 
because you are the common denominator means that you're the problem. It just means that these people are also attracted to you and you're attracted to them and it's your choice to now move forward and adjust that. Yeah. And, and I think you've been doing that pretty well. And yeah, sometimes crazy people like do a great job of, of hiding. like hiding it. Yeah. Yeah. And not everyone has been crazy. No. But a good amount. <laughs> that makes it questionable. Listen, <laughs> the fun, like one thing that's always been true about humans is that we kind of enjoy chaos because it's entertaining. That's yeah. why we love TV. That's why we love movies and media and like stories, right? Act two is always like the chaos that ensues. And then we want some resolution. Sometimes we don't get that resolution, but we love that chaos. And that's where some people really reside in that familiar life, right? So it's okay for people to, for you to be attracted to people that are really interesting, but then eventually show like a little bit of chaos over time. Cause that's also how they work. They just kind of hook you a little bit more mm-hmm. and more and then you get more secure in it. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm kind of in deep. Like when do I cut the cord? Right. Yeah. It's always when I'm in deep. Yeah. That's how and they it feels get like you. too unfortunate to, you know, sever yeah. it. It's a lot of like investment. You feel like you're investing yeah. your time, uh, your energy, your emotions, your thoughts, your feelings, like all yeah. these different things. Like you've. I just have to get to know. I was talking about there was like, I just have to get to know slower, see the signs, be a little smarter, um, get out of it like sooner. I think, yeah, I think you're yeah. smart enough for sure. I think you've been showing like smart tendencies. It's just practicing. Yeah. What did you talk about in your therapy session? <laughs> <laughs> Pivoting to you. Uh, how, what did we talk about in my therapy session? We talked about why part one thing is like, I'm chronically late. Uh, like there were a couple weeks, I would say like every other week recently that I kind of skipped my therapy session mainly because mm. I fell asleep or I was still yeah. asleep or whatever. Right. Um, a lot of it was like my, f- I've been really bad about charging my phone lately in bed mm. because I also go to bed really late because I have a, like a procrastinate. A lot of this like comes down to procrastination. We'll get into that in a second, but how, since I didn't wake up or I woke up really late, like half an hour into my session or, uh, like just past my session, she was saying like, Hey, how can we make this not happen? Like I've, we have this rule or she has this rule of if you cancel within 24 hours, you pay. And I've always paid every time. I mean, not great for me, but yeah, it's, it's still fine. But she goes, there's obviously something going on with you. And I think it's two parts. Uh, One part I didn't really talk with her because I'm still kind of figuring it out. But the part that we did talk about was how I am like chronically late or partially because I'm chronically late because I'm always like pushing off things, procrastinating. I always have something to do last second. I'm, I have been doing all these things where I like plan, but then don't follow through like with the plans of like getting up to, like I always commit to a plan and go to it. But I, when it's like my own, for example, getting ready, that's when I kind of struggle. And she goes, well, a lot of the way ways that we show value for others and ourselves is how we show up to things. Yeah. 
I'm like, okay, do you want to explain more? Like, didn't actually say that, but in my head, I was like, please, I need, I need more context. And she goes in deeper about how, like, reminded me about how other people can feel whenever I'm late, how I can subconsciously have these views about myself and values about myself for being late. Um, for example, like I've always joked that it's the Latino in me that's making me chronically late or like my mom or, you know, <laughs> that's just like the Is that joke. a stereotype. Yeah. That Mexicans are always like five to 15 minutes late. Wow. Um, but I think a huge part of it that I still need to kind of figure out is, um, like, why is it that I don't follow through with a personal plan? Like, it's it's a little bit of discipline, right? Uh, and, right. And it's it's a lot of discipline that I need to practice and figure out what it what it is about my discipline when it comes to other people and timing and stuff like that. For example, I will say I'm going to plan to get there half an hour early uh-huh. because I know myself. And I'm going to get there late and I'm going to be on time technically. Nice. And then. It's a good trick. Yeah. It hasn't worked. I end up still being what? like 5 no. to 15 minutes late. It's either well, like. Well, 5 to 15 isn't horrible. No, but it's chronic. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's annoying for a lot of people, including myself. I hate being late. I hate it. And I still do it all the time. Hmm. You know, it's, it's just like again that sort of self-fulfilling prophecy where i'm putting in like i'm i'm finding what i'm seeking right even if it's subconscious so i need to work on that i need to work on that and i need to figure out how to actually follow through and what it is that's that's making me do these things but then the part that we didn't talk about is just like i'm going on this trip uh i'm gonna be leaving la for a couple months like five months yeah and i'm super excited but like i don't know how thank you i don't know how therapy is going to fit into that and i think like part of it too is that i'm gonna and on top yeah and part of it too is that i have been feeling really good and it's whenever that you find that you're feeling really good that you're like oh i'm done right yeah i've did it i've done i don't have to do this anymore yeah exactly and i think that i'm just hitting that part right now where i'm just like yeah i need a break um, but when in actuality, I need to just like keep going and find the things I need to continue to work on. Yeah. You know, I'm at this point where I'm like, I did it. I did the thing. Like I've been really proud and stoked and like hyping myself up and I've come such a long way. Like I, I have done a lot of work. I've mm-hmm. done so much work coming yeah. from like suicidal ideation since I was eight and anxiety and being bipolar mm-hmm. to now being able to say I have relatively healthy ideas of moving forward with relationships, like dynamics between any two people and being able to like say I'm a good person and have all these things. You know, some people might have differing opinions, but I feel really good about my life and my actions. Um, barring, you know, some mistakes, but those are just learning moments. Yeah. Um, and after <laughs> like working through all of that, I just need to remember that there's constant, there is something to like work on, but 
but I can still celebrate, but I can still work on something, right? Yeah. A lot of times I find when I don't have anything to, like, if I don't have anything in mind to talk about in therapy, that's when the real interesting sessions Mm. are. Because then it's like, it's not planned and I talk about things that I, that it's like unearthed from my subconscious a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things that I might need to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always like the things that you're you like say one thing, but it's actually like fifty other problems, right? Yeah. Um, and I've had that too, where I in the past, I was like, I feel really good. Like I feel like I don't even need to go to therapy anymore. Mm-hmm. Like we can pare down to like once a month. Um, yeah. But then the therapist is always like no we we should keep going like i think maybe we should see each other twice a week (laughs) (laughs) like i've had that happen like multiple times oh really where they well actually i was seeing my therapist twice a week in high school Mm -hmm. yeah yeah dude having twice a week is kind of a lot but it's actually really helpful it is really helpful i kind of wish i could afford that yeah i get that i think it was really helpful when I had twice a week because yeah. it was like I had it Monday, Thursday and it was really great because it was like um, recalibrating from the weekend and like decompressing and saying this is what I'm doing for the week. And then going through part of the week saying, hey, this is what happened. How do I get ready for the weekend? But every single time I don't, without fail, every single time that something big happens in my life. It's always the day of therapy after. Yeah. Like it's always hours after or like later that night. And then you forget about it almost and you forget to talk about it in therapy the next week. All the time. Which is why twice a week is so helpful. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, we can discuss a little bit further. I think Um, that's partially why I need a journal more. I think it helps me just like log things down. Like for example, I use my calendar to remember all the things that I do. Mm-hmm. Like I live and die by my Google calendar. Yeah. Like me too. It's so great. Freaking love that thing. Like even if it's just a call with someone, I put it down because it just helps yeah. me one, remember to call that person and two, like, Oh, I had a call with this person. It was what about whatever. Right. Um, you can kind of remember due to circumstances throughout the day, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'll put like dates down, like, mm-hmm. like romantic dates. And sometimes That's I can cute. like look back and I'll be like, oh, when did I actually have that date? And it'll like pop up and be like, okay, that was the time. Yeah. Also make sure to put locations. That really helps. Oh. Or like sometimes descri- like not really descriptions, but locations specifically. That way I'm like, oh, I went here for this date. That food was really good. I want to go there mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, it's just like a little diary. But I think the journaling will really help me because it helps me just like organize a little bit more because it's always like morning of since I have therapy at 10 and I'm just not like waking up early enough to kind of get my brain jogging. Yeah. I have it at nine. Yeah. And also I feel like every time I do it, like, like, cause it's 50 minutes, mm-hmm. the 40th minute mark, 35 minute is when I'm really getting into like the good stuff. Yeah. Every time. Every single time. And I'm like, I really just want to keep going on this path. And then I feel like I'm rushing myself. Yeah. And then the therapist is like, oh, we got to stop. I'm sorry. And it's like, I'm like mid 
epiphany mid crying session mid crying session yeah <laughs> actually really i rarely cry in therapy oh i cry that's when i cry the most in See, therapy this is what i need to be doing but i can't i can't do it my sister's actually the same way yeah my little sister is exactly the same way she goes i've never cried in therapy i'm like yeah. not relatable that is what <laughs> i'm at my most vulnerable <laughs> see i'm yeah i it happens it's just different yeah. for different people i think you've also talked about like your trust with your therapist i think that's a huge thing yeah um but uh there, oh fuck what was i gonna say fudge nuts fudge nuts <laughs> fudge buckets buckets of fudge um so the one thing that i've kind of always thought about is that you can't I really hate asking for help if I didn't already do research or my own work into it because I would hate for someone to ask me for help. It's like, hey, can you um, like figure out how to mount this painting? It's like, have you looked it up? No. Do you have any of the equipment? No. Like, you yeah. know, just like not doing your own research. It's kind of like why masters of whatever craft don't take complete amateurs like you have to show that you're willing to put in the work before yeah they can take you on as an apprentice mm -hmm. you know and i think like journaling is that work of being able to get to apprentice apprenticeship right you know it's like you got to put in that work in your own time and yeah we like practice it in different ways we talk about it we talk about it here we talk about it with our friends but i think journaling helps us kind of do some of the own therapy, you know, just like saying it out loud or writing it down or whatever it is kind of lets us like process it a little bit. That way when we get to therapy, it's like, Hey, I've had these formulated thoughts. How do we work through this? Yeah, this is, yeah, this is a good form of journalism. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, this isn't journalism. I this mean, is journalisting, journaling, journaling, journaling. That's the word. Journalistic. <laughs> this is a form of journaling. This yeah. podcast, in a way, kind of, kind of, yeah. yeah. Vocal journal. Vocal journal. That's actually one thing that I was doing for a little bit. It's just like turning verbal on my journal. voice. Verbal journal. <laughs> That's kind of funny. <laughs> I kind of like that. Um, was like using my voice memos. I would just like talk out loud. Yeah, I've done that too. It's really nice. Like you don't, yeah. have to, you don't even have to listen to them. You can no. just like talk out loud and you're like, oh, wow, what a thought. Yeah. And then you kind of go into it. There's definitely voice memos where I'm just like in silence for like five minutes for sure. But, <laughs> but it's like a 20 or 30 minute voice memo. Sometimes an nice. hour, but there's just like Interesting. five minutes. And you're so just talking through, like it's really good to put voice and to put thoughts out there and get them out of your head because then yeah. it feels like it's concrete and it's like a real thing and mm -hmm. you know well then you also yeah. realize like i would net like for example uh for like let's say uh one thing that i'll use a personal example uh example of mine was i hated my climbing style for a long time i climbed like a boy quote unquote where it was just like big moves big holds um, a lot of thuggy jumps and everything. And I thought, and I really hated it because of all the other people that climb like that. And they tend to be like kind of douchey. They tend to be like assholes. I didn't really look, I kind of looked down at them. I was being a little snobby at the time too. Um, so, and I was just like, oh, you're just climbing that because it's like 
a boyish climb. Like it's not that hard when in actuality is just my style. Right. Um, but then I was talking to a friend about it and he goes, well, let's just break it down. Let's pretend like I'm meeting Antonio for the first time. Huh? Antonio is a really strong climber. He climbs like he climbs in this really strong way. Oh, but the way that he climbs reminds me of this person. And therefore Antonio is this bad person. It's like, that's not true. No one's ever going to think like that. Right? No. And so just getting it out there really is just like, whoa, the logic's broken. Right. Cause your mind plays tricks on you and is like, thinks in absolutes Mm -hmm. when if you put it out there, then you can hear it. The logical brain kicks in. Yeah. 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 And like voice journaling, voice journaling. I, it's so helpful. Yeah. I tried to do that like every day. I was like, I'm going to do a voice journal every day for like two minutes and just mm-hmm. be like, what's, what am I thinking right now? And then I did it for like two days and then I forgot. That's yeah. <laughs> that. It's like be real, but for your own. Yeah. Voice. I have like a lot of history of sending voice memos to friends Got it. instead of texts. Yeah. Like be like 20 minute long, like catch ups. Mm. like a podcast just like, to them like a call a monologue a monologue it's really fun it is very fun yeah yeah i love should we call it yes let's call it um okay my loves my friends my babes my family my everyone my <laughs> abby just <laughs> gla- her eyes glazed over well, really I quick thinking, i was thinking <laughs> someone said this re- really funny thing the other day that i wanted to call our listeners okay what but it's not a it's not me and it's i think it's a term of endearment mm. what a gutter slut <laughs> <laughs> no that's super super inappropriate love oh my god i love that so much we're not <laughs> oh my god oh, oh. there's so many things <laughs> Wait, is that bad? <laughs> oh. <laughs> is that bad? Uh, we're, I'm I crying. Don't, I don't think people are going to take it the way that we expect them to or want them to. Okay, we're not calling them that. We're not calling them that. That's so funny, and I want to keep that forever in my memory, but we're not going to call anyone. I bet you didn't know what, that I was going to say that. No, that was not any of the things I would have expected. Um wow uh okay well i needed a good laugh yeah that that stumped me that dumbfounded me wow anyway but wow okay good session i love you all all. this is fun bye bye